Like I said, if I could speak to my younger self, it would be do not push through and prioritize yourself because you cannot take care of all the others if you're not at your best self. Oh, I feel like that only comes with age, Rose, of like finally hitting a wall and being like, Pause. Mm-hmm. Enneagram wanted all of us. I know. And I don't want I don't want everybody to have to hit that wall because it's not fun. You thought it, but we said it. I'm Alexis, a certified leadership and life coach. And I'm Sam, a licensed therapist, and we consider ourselves mindset gurus. Perspectively Yours is our platform where we dive headfirst into conversations on topics that can make or break us. We speak to women about the things we often think, but don't say out loud, how we can shift our perspectives around them to build our resilience and normalize our experiences. This is for the woman who wants a full plate and a full cup without burning out. We're bringing our expertise to the table to give you game-changing tips on how to shift your perspective. So let's spill the tea and get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Perspectively Yours. Today is Friday, depending on what day you're listening, but it's Friday here. So it is a fantastic end to the work week. It's been quite hairy, but we're actually going to finish on a high note because today we are going to be talking to my very good friend, Rose, who is a nutritionist and is going to be working with us and talking with us about how our nutrition kind of changes as, and our cycles change as we age and how we can really support our cycles. Hello, Rose. How are you? Hello. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I thought I'd share a little bit about you and then let you dive in. First and foremost, Rose and I actually met through Beauty Counter. Common theme here, guys. That's how Alexis and I met. But Rose was a teacher and I'll say her chapter one. And in chapter two, Rose is a health coach and she helps women um, over 40 balance their hormones so that they can manage their weight and other hormone related symptoms of perimenopause, which sounds like a scary word to me, and menopause without a restrictive or all or nothing food mentality. As I mentioned, Rose was an elementary school teacher for over 30 years and a lot of those years she struggled with digestive issues, which her and I have talked about. Um, quite at length. And she also suffered from migraines and exhaustion. And really after years of restricting her diet and punishing it with exercise, her hormones were extremely unbalanced. So this journey led her um, to this path as a health coach so that others don't have to suffer with the symptoms that they are told are normal as we age. So while they may be common, it's funny, I was just talking to Alexis about this too. While they may be common, they are definitely uh, not inevitable. So that's a little background on Rose. Rose, anything you wanted to add there? Uh, no, not really. Just, you know, it's been a journey for me since I was young. I had a family member that was very, very sick um, and developed type 2 diabetes and did not take care of herself. And my mission was always to kind of not be like her. And, you know, uh, the way I went about it was those restrictive diets, punishing my body with like a lot of cardio, a lot of processed diet foods. If anyone's been around long enough to remember Snackwell cookies. Oh yeah. The, uh-huh. the chocolate ones that almost had like the foamy kind of 
feel in the yep. middle. My mom bought those. Oh, yeah. They're disgusting. And I ate so much um, of so many of them, thinking that they were good for me, like low carb, you know, so many diet fads. I was, uh, you know, lost and gained the same 20 pounds over and over again. And I was finally diagnosed with um, an autoimmune disease, a celiac disease. But then what I found was that wasn't really the answer to all of my problems. So that's that's what led me here to this path. Wow. How did you go from struggling with celiac to focusing on hormone health? Mm, great question. So like I said, I you know was diagnosed with celiac finally after a really long journey because when I was diagnosed, celiac wasn't a thing that people even, I had never even heard of it. Doctors weren't talking about it. When I went into the doctor with my symptoms, he just was like, oh, you have IBS here, take this medication, which made me feel even worse than I felt before. And that's what led me down the road to a nutritionist. So it was a really long road to get diagnosed for me. And then when I finally did take gluten out of my diet, I I got immediate relief. My migraines started to go away. I had digestive issues. The digestive issues were almost gone, uh, but it took years to really heal that. But what I found was I was still exhausted. I was still, I still experienced Mm. things like mood swings. And then I was starting to, I was in my forties. So then I was starting to get, you know, a lot of perimenopause symptoms. So it didn't really fix, fix it all. I'm using air quotes. If you could see me, it didn't really fix it all. And so I really had to dive into hormone balance. And it took me years and years to figure out that what I had done to my body for so many years really disrupted my hormones. And it it took me a long time. And I was dismissed by a lot of doctors. And mm. what led me to the path of becoming a health and nutrition coach was I wanted to help other women so that they could get relief through their diet and their lifestyle and know that it was not inevitable to feel that way. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because food, as I have heard through a lot of doctors who are, or even medical directors, that Mm. nutrition is not the top class that they are taking in medical school. And I mean, I have a lot of my own thoughts about it, which I will not discuss here at this current Uh moment (laughs) in terms of why we don't talk about food and other um, paths to wellness. But I think what might be helpful for listeners, because Alexis and I are not in that perimenopause stage, but my Mm -hmm. doctor then brings this up to me. Rose and I were just talking before how I had started to have, um, hot flashes, you know, while I was pregnant and then postpartum, but then they hadn't really gone away and we're seven months postpartum now. Mm -hmm. And so while some of that may be my body just readjusting and hormones, and again, takes a long time, I think what he wanted to test for was perimenopause mm-hmm. as a as something going on. So, can you explain like what the hormonal changes like are and how they occur in a woman's body like as they go through the different stages of their menstrual cycle, um especially sure. at the ages? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, as we age, I mean, pregnancy is a whole, you know, different topic and our hormones are just, you know, they're so disrupted as in Alexis I'm sure can speak more to that than I can. But, you know, I think that that's a lot of probably what you're experiencing and then something else that we'll talk about in a second. But, you know, our hormones, while we have a cycle, naturally kind of ebb and flow. And as we age, 
progesterone and estrogen and testosterone decrease. Um, lots of women experience something called estrogen dominance, which is something that, again, a lot of there are a lot of dietary recommendations for that, that your doctor doesn't necessarily tell you. A lot of women get relief from things like seed cycling, um, you know, using carrots for excess estrogen in the diet. There's there's lots of different things. And I and I don't like to just prescribe one thing and say, oh, this works for everybody because everyone's different. And as an integrative nutrition and health coach, we believe that everyone is a bio individual. And that's why when people work with me, even if they're working in a group program, they get an individualized program but or a protocol rather. But that's basically what's happening as we age. And what I see with women of all ages, but especially after 40, is that Something that we kind of dismiss that I know you talk about a lot is stress and our mindset and how that affects our hormones. And we always think it has everything to do with just our age and with the food that we eat. And the food that we eat is a big part of it. But I see women really suffering from the effects of stress and, you know, fatigue, that weight loss resistance, autoimmune issues, 77% of people with autoimmune issues are women, you know, changes in mood, difficulty sleeping, those hot flashes that you talked about, low energy headaches. We often like to blame our hormones for that, but stress is often the thing that dysregulates the hormones. And I believe it starts at a much younger age than when perimenopause begins. So what I see is that not only do those hormones lower, but then our cortisol and our insulin get elevated because we're in that sort of fight or flight when we don't necessarily need to be, you know, we're supposed to be in that kind of state temporarily, like, you know, as they used to say, when a saber toothed tiger was teaching, it was, you know, chasing, chasing us. Thank you. But, you know, now it would be like, you know, if you have to stop your kid from running into traffic, you you want that. But what's happening in our society is that all of these things, deadlines, traffic, social media, news, work emails pile up. I always like to say, like, our cops are so full and all it takes is that little extra drop of water to put it over the edge. So yeah. I'm seeing a lot of women with dysregulated cortisol and and insulin and trouble with blood sugar handling as they age. I actually think, well, two things. One, I think we dismiss stress Mm -hmm. as it's just normal back to like the, it's common, but um, it's not necessarily normal. Mm -hmm. And so we think it's that we're supposed to live with stress and that everyone is stressed. So it should be normal that everyone is stressed and how we deal with stress but I 1000% agree with you that we we are becoming a society that lives in, in fight, flight, or even freeze. But I, um, I actually experienced that because this is also a full panel of women who, when they take one thing off their plate, puts two things on it instead to mm-hmm. replace. So I know you can all relate to that. Uh, Alexis has no voice, so she's not commenting, but I know that her laughing at me right now is validating that that is the case. Hence this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, with that being said, when I actually did, I worked with a functional nutritionist when Mm -hmm. I was trying to get pregnant before we decided we needed IVF. And that ultimately was the route that we needed for other reasons. But 
um, I did, I forget which test it was, the Dutch test. Mm-hmm. And it basically highlighted how wild my cortisol levels were. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if it's that they were, I want to say it wasn't that they were so high. It was almost like they were so excessively depleted. Does that make sense also? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Because I was constantly in this state of fight or flight because I was finishing up an MBA program, mm-hmm. working full time, running beauty counter, you know, doing mm-hmm. all sorts of things. And my body was in this, and I could feel it in my chest, but I didn't know any other way but to power through. And mm-hmm. I think that's, especially for women, we just power through Mm -hmm. and ignore those symptoms, kind of like why women, and Rose, correct me if I'm wrong here, but why women are often undetected for heart attacks because we ignore the symptoms because we just assume them to be part of our everyday functioning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole different topic. And I obviously, I'm I'm not a medical professional, but I do know women get a lot of different symptoms when it comes to heart disease. So we do discount them. Um, a lot of them come through as like almost like digestive symptoms. Mm-hmm. So that I think is is very true. But yes, I think that as women, we think that our stress is just what we do every day. You know, we put everyone before ourselves for the most part, whether it's our kids, whether it's our work, it doesn't matter if you have kids or not, you still do it. You know, work becomes, oh, I'm under so much stress from work. I hear this all the time. So what happens with our cortisol and when it rises like that over time, your adrenal glands are just like enough. We can't produce this anymore. And so it just, your adrenal function just lowers to the point where it just can't do it. It's it's doing its job. It just can't produce the amount that you need all the time. It's, you know, if your brain is telling it you're always in fight or flight, after a while, it gets tired and it just can't produce it. So what happens is you get that cortisol crash where you're yeah. exhausted all the time. It feels like defeat. It's like it's mm-hmm. going through its own stage of defeat where it's like, I give up. I can't keep up with it anymore. Yeah. And then it doesn't actually, I'm using this from like even an educational standpoint, it's then not reaching its full potential because it's constantly beat down. And I get, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that makes mm-hmm. sense. And that's why, because when I saw that, I was very confused at first. Like, why is it yeah. low if I'm always stressed? But yeah, it's very, very common. And then some people get what we call tired and wired where you're exhausted in the morning, you can barely get up, but then at night you get so wired that you can't go to sleep. So it becomes this vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm raising my hand for mm-hmm folks, because you can't see me. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So, and, and yeah. And Alexis made a good point that it becomes it, this, it just becomes the expectation of life. Like this Mm -hmm. is, and it's also like a badge of honor, right. That we can function through stress, right. We can, we talk, I mean, this is part of our perspective, right. Of like being able to march through, but also it's a fine line being able to move forward, but also knowing not just when to pause and stop, but to be reflective of what's happening. Is it that I'm moving forward without thinking and I'm on autopilot or am I moving forward intentionally knowing how I need to approach the next step? And I think for mm-hmm. a lot of us, it's it's the former. Mm-hmm. So Rose, I guess, you know, one of the questions that I would have, right, being in the, I'm not in the perimenopause yet, but how do you support these hormones then at these different stages? Mm-hmm from a nutrition standpoint, so that you are at least setting yourself up for the, for success. 
That's a great question. So from my perspective, what I see is this starts way before perimenopause. So if we, if I had to, if I had the chance to speak to my younger self, I would say, you know, stop pushing through. It's easier said than done. And I get it. I was there. I was working full time. I had two kids. I had aging parents. It was a lot, but I didn't always have to do everything that I did now that I think back in retrospect. So are there things that you can do to support yourself? Yes. And the first one, so when I work with clients, I work under the umbrella of four pillars and it doesn't matter how old they are. It's all the same. Things tweak a little based on their age, but it's stress and mindset first and foremost, nutrition and hydration, uh, rest and sleep, and they are two different things, and movement. So for, you know, stress and mindset, the first thing that I always tell people is you've got to give yourself a little bit of grace that, you know, Mm -hmm. this is a journey. Nothing's going to be fixed. You know, if we can make ourselves 1% better each week, think about where you would be at the end of the year, right? Is rather than just doing nothing, you're just going to be stuck and in the same place. So stress and mindset, for sure, you've got to identify those stressors and come up with a toolkit of things that work for you because you're not going to change the stress. You need to work on changing your reaction to the stress. As for nutrition, what I focus on with clients is what you need to add into your plate rather than what you need to push away. So that's where we start. And I always start with protein. I actually have a free resource that I will offer your listeners. You can give them the link. And it talks all about protein, how you need more as you age. Uh, When you do enter your 40s, you need 50% more protein than we need in our 20s and 30s. Holy smokes. Yeah. So I would say start increasing your protein slowly. Um, And I tell you in this resource exactly why and exactly how to figure out how much you need and easy ways to, to get it. That's my next question for you because Alexis is like screaming at the screen without any <laughs> voice coming up. Um, one, I elect, it was Alexis who was like, Sam, you need to eat more protein and you need to drink more damn water while I was pregnant. Right. Mm-hmm. This was like an ongoing conversation. Sam, you're still not drinking enough water. You're not eating enough protein. I'm like, I don't know what else to eat to get my protein. So do you have tips and tricks also for how, and especially this on the go mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Especially of us high achieving people out there, things that are quick, easily accessible to right. increase that protein. So do yeah. you have recommendations for that? We don't have to talk sure. about that right this second, but. Yep. It's all, it's in there. I, we definitely can talk about it, but it's all in there. I give links to recipes. I give a list of things to keep on hand that I recommend like pre-cooked sausages. I talk about protein powders. Um, I have recommendations for protein bars, you know, quick things. I really like like the chomps, um, mm-hmm. beef or turkey jerky sticks. I know Alexis is dying to say something. Alexis, put it in the chat and we can say it for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, yogurt, if you can tolerate dairy, yogurt, cottage cheese, those are all really quick things that you can grab. Um, you just want to look at like the sugar content and especially yeah. yogurts. I like it below five grams, ideally. Yeah. Um, sweeten it yourself. Yeah. I like stevia or monk fruit because again, we work on that blood sugar regulation no matter what your age. I actually asked Alexis about 
whipped cottage cheese because I I do Mm -hmm. not do not like cottage cheese, but I'm like determined to figure out a way to like it. Yeah, she makes whipped cottage cheese, so she just sent me a recipe. It's Mm. really good. It's I I've made it. It's actually right on her feed on Instagram, so you guys go check it out. Um, it's Mm. really good, but I have to say I'm a little bit lazy. Um, and so I hate cleaning the high speed blender after I whip the cottage cheese. So I, I usually tend to go toward yogurt. I like cottage cheese with like a little bit of like, um, bagel seasoning or ranch seasoning in it and then use it as like a dip. That's my favorite way to eat Mm. cottage cheese. All right. We'll have to pick your brain later too. Yeah. I'm determined. I got to figure it out. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll give you the freebie first so you can start there, but you know, I'll help you anytime. So that's my big one. So that's so protein is the first one. Uh fat, adding in healthy fat, uh fiber is really important for your gut health and our gut health is connected to everything including our hormone health and adding in greens and you know other veggies and carbs. I think a lot of women are afraid to eat carbs. Mm-hmm. Um and so you really, you know, you need that nourishment. It doesn't mean you have to go out and, you know, there are different kinds of carbs, but you're, you know, you need squash, sweet potatoes. Um, I recommend, and Alexis, I, I will defer to you on this, but what I recommend to my, my clients is either a sprouted bread or a good quality sourdough, which we know. Alexis knows lots of Alexis about. is the sourdough queen. I She's going to teach me one of these days how to make it. I'm, Alexis, I'm gonna I need do it. you to find a good gluten-free. I, well, there are a few good gluten-free ones that I can buy that I can order a gluten-free sourdough. I have not had any luck trying to make it. Um, it's so hard to make. There are a few companies that make a really great one, but they're so expensive. I would like hire you to experiment on that one for me. <laughs> she says she's tried. <laughs> I she's know. tried. They said they're really hard. They are really hard. Yeah. yeah. Our friend, our mutual friend, Melissa has, has tried as yeah. well. And yeah. So Rose, why do you think that carbs, because when people think of carbs, right, they think of bread, but mm-hmm. carbs come from a lot of vegetables as well. Right. So I think yep. there's also a misconception about eating carbs or they ban bread from what they're, mm-hmm. why would you say like a, What'd you say? A sprouted, multi-sprouted bread? I like a sprouted bread like Ezekiel is easier to digest. That's why. Same with the sourdough. Yeah. Okay. So why do you think that that's such a challenge for women? I just think that, again, there's so much noise out there when it comes to what we should eat. And, you know, there was, should you eat keto? Should you do intermittent fasting? Should you do, you know, all the things? And there's just so much noise that I believe that people just, they latch on to something and they fear it, that carbs are bad for us. And I'm not sure exactly where that came from. And I'm not bashing keto. I know it's helped a lot of people. Uh, but I don't think that it's a sustainable way to live. I really feel like that was pretty much any kind of quick fix. I'm not a quick fix kind of coach. Well, I also, just from my own perspective, when I started my health journey and learning about nutrients more, and, and I was working with a trainer who was talking about that we need carbs and like when to eat carbs, like Mm -hmm. after a heavy work, heavy lifting workout before a heavy lifting workout, but you got to have also like a protein and fiber to make it sustainable. You eat just a banana by itself. You're going to crash in 45 Mm -hmm. minutes. 
So I like I, to say, um, I like to tell my clients to dress their carbs, never oh, eat a carb naked, not even sexy. an apple. I know. Right. So, mm. <laughs> so you want to add like when you, you know, you have that apple for a snack in the afternoon, have some nut butter with it, whether it's peanut butter, almond butter, sun butter, whatever you like. Uh, you know, never really eat anything. Uh, yesterday I did a, a workshop and I had some, I had some oranges, little clementines, but I also had bags of pistachio nuts. So you're not just getting that immediate. Again, this is really big for blood sugar balance, which so many of us struggle with as we age. And you get that blood sugar spike. Um, black coffee in the morning is another huge one that is one of the first things that I change with my clients because it causes a blood sugar spike. And once you get that blood sugar spike, it's really hard to recover from it all day long. Yeah, I fall into that category. <laughs> it's not black. It's got cream in it. So there is some okay. fat. There's some fat in it. That helps. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is I think, again, where stress comes in. So we've got Mm -hmm. two different types of people when they're stressed. They either can binge eat or they Mm -hmm. can not eat. And I fall into the not eat, which then impacts my blood sugar and my hormones. And I don't think, so going back to your pillars real quick, I'm just going to take a step back. I think when you give them concrete components to focus on, like nutrition and movement and rest, those are a lot more tangible, right? I think mm-hmm. when people are looking at those four pillars, it's like, oh, I'll get to the stress part later. Mm. I don't know how to do that yet. I can focus on these three things. These are the three things I can do. But ultimately, the way you react to stress is going to impact the way you relate to food. It's going mm-hmm. to impact the way you relate to movement and rest. I mean, I saw a post the other day, I actually reshared it, where I'm totally exhausted, but yet I'm still up at night instead of sleeping, I'm scrolling on my phone because I there's something that that's satisfying as well. And so like, I'm not doing the things that I need to that will reduce the stress. Well, that, that will impact everything else. Do you yes. see that often that stress oh. is like the last pillar to be tackled? Absolutely. So I have a 12-week program for women over 40. It's called Balanced Life Academy. And we deal with ending these symptoms of perimenopause and menopause and balancing our hormones so that we can rid those symptoms and and feel better and gain energy. The first thing we do is stress and mindset. For the first two weeks, I don't even get into food. And it's really frustrating for people because they're just like, just tell me what Mm -hmm. to eat. So that is the way I run my program because I believe that stress really is the trigger for everything. And that mindset is the only way that you're going to change your habits to have sustainable health as you age. Because I'm going to plug, because that's how you shift your perspective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, dad jokes all day long over here, okay. guys. We didn't even practice that. No, no. That just, <laughs> I, I told a joke earlier today. That was a total dad joke. No offense, dads out there, but I got a kick out of it. And my clients laughed and it was a good, it's a good day. So are there some foods that can specifically alleviate some of these menopausal or premenopausal symptoms? Great question. So, you know, like I said, there's some research around like, you know, adding carrots in once a day, eating the equivalent of a whole carrot for uh, excess estrogen if you're dealing with estrogen dominance. Is that where carrot salad came from? Yes. Ah, it's Dr. Ah, Pete, I believe, has the research. I can't, I, I, I might be incorrect. Um, Alexis is nodding. So I think I'm, I, I'm right on that. But 
uh, I think, like I said, for me, I am all about balance, hence the name of my program. And I think for women, it's just really focusing on whole foods and adding in enough protein and all of those other components that we talked about, the fat, the fiber, uh, the greens and the other vegetables on in every plate. And I think most women, even if they're pre-perimenopause, really need to be adding in a starch in almost every plate too, just for energy. Yeah. And I almost feel like we overcomplicate it because mm-hmm. we, we, when we're not feeling successful at what we're trying to solve for, regardless of what it is, we're like, oh, well, maybe it's this and maybe it's that. And let's throw that into the mix. And I got to take right. these supplements. Yes. Instead, it always comes back to basic nutrition of vegetables, whole grains, proteins, fiber, regardless of what diet you're really looking at. And I think that when you have that as your basic foundation, that's an easy, it's almost like an acronym, right? Where you remember it, like, this is what I need to focus on. These are the couple of things that I need to focus on. Mm -hmm. Keep it simple. I actually make my newsletter, keep it simple with Sam, because that is how I get people to like block out the noise and pay attention to only what I want them Mm -hmm. to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When I work with clients and they ask me about supplements right away, I always say it's like a cupcake, right? And those are like the sprinkles on top and we'll get there and they have a place, but we've got to work on the cake part first, like the roots Mm -hmm. of a tree. Yeah, absolutely. So I I know we're coming up on, on time soon, but you mentioned before, and I wanted to touch upon this, what's the difference between rest and sleep? Ah, great question. So Sleep is obviously, we all need a good seven to nine hours of sleep, and that can be really hard to get. Um, so you need maybe need to work on sleep hygiene. But rest is something that you do, whether it's a little bit each day or in your week that really rejuvenates you. And it's different for everybody. For me, it's a beach walk. And I try to get there every day because I live at the beach. Uh, that's why I moved here. It's reading nonfiction. Uh, for some people, I have a client who used to love to paint and she got away from it. I have a client that used to make jewelry and got away from it. So it's something that brings you joy. A rest does not have to be lying on the couch with your feet up. I mean, totally can be if that brings you joy, but it's whatever brings you joy that you do for you. To make you feel refueled. Mm -hmm. What are the key differences? Well, I guess you kind of mentioned this before, but the key differences in someone who's in that pre-perimenopause versus perimenopause and menopause in terms of nutrition. It's the more protein. Is is that what it really comes down to? Yeah. 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 I would say as you age, you probably need to decrease those starches a little bit and increase the protein. And that's really where the difference comes in. Okay. And then last question I have for you, and it's only because I happened to see Alexis's uh, story (laughs) earlier. What are your thoughts on seed cycling? Do you do seed cycling? I recommend it to some clients and I've had some clients have good results with it. Again, everybody is really individual. So your results are going to be individual. Some things work for some, some things don't. I think the thing about seed cycling is you have to, in order to really get the best results, you have to be really strict with it and I don't have it in front of me, so I don't know exactly what you do for each week, but it changes every week of your cycle, what phase of your cycle you're in, you change the types of seeds, the amount of seeds. So you really have to kind of commit to it. I would put that again, if I were working with a client who is not 
quite in perimenopause yet, but if they were struggling with symptoms, I would use that like that cupcake analogy. That would be like the frosting. I would start with the basics first. Uh, that makes sense. And Rose, we could continue this conversation so much longer. Can you just speak briefly about the testing that you offer that can help you in guiding individuals on on best course of action? Yeah, absolutely. So all of my clients, whether they work with me individually or in a group program, have access to hair tissue mineral analysis testing. It's a functional test where we take a little bit of a hair sample and we get results. It's a picture of, as opposed to blood, which is that moment that you get your blood taken, this is a picture of what's happening in your body over a three-month period. And when we can get a little peek into your blood sugar, into your metabolism and where you are in that scale, into your adrenal function, uh, we can have a little peek into gut health and even liver. So it gives me a, a really good picture of where my client is at. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rose. Is yeah, there any absolutely. last wisdom you want to leave us with? Like I said, if I could speak to my younger self, it would be do not push through and prioritize yourself because you cannot take care of all the others if you're not at your best self. Yeah, Rose is talking to me right now and and Alexis. (laughs) Oh, I feel like that only comes with age, Rose, of like finally hitting a wall and being like, pause, mm-hmm. Enneagram one in all of us, right? I know. And I don't want, I don't want everybody to have to hit that wall because it's not fun. I know. No, it's not. When I've hit it like head first, it is not fun. So, mm-hmm. well, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Your knowledge is incredible. And I love that this is what you have transitioned to doing and you have such a background in teaching and educating and clients are very lucky to work with you. So we will include all of Rose's information about her programs and her testing and her free resource in our show notes. So you can certainly access them there and we will be back next week. So thanks for tuning in everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not intended to replace professional medical advice or mental health services. If you are in a mental health crisis, please call the Suicide and Crisis Hotline at 988 or 911. Did today's episode of Perspectively Yours hit the spot? It would mean the world to us if you'd show us some love with these three effortless ways to help your fave podcast thrive. First up, the most important, never miss an episode by following or subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Just head over to our show page, tap the plus sign and select follow. Next, leave us a shiny five-star rating and review on your podcast platform. Your feedback helps us make each episode better and better. Last but not least, share your favorite episode with a friend. The power of word of mouth is undeniable and we would be over the moon if you spread the love about Perspectively Yours. Before we let you go, here's a fun fact. We met through Beauty Counter, our favorite clean beauty brand, and are both brand advocates. If you've been looking for safer products that actually give you results, you can get 20% off your first purchase with the code CLEANFORALL20. Don't forget to follow us each on Instagram at Ms underscore Samantha Kehoe 
and alexis.thenourishedbeginnings. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources we mentioned. Thank you for being here. We are grateful for your support and love. Thank you.